1: In the membrane. Hello, welcome to your favourite podcast Insane in the Membrane with me Rich Wilson and today I am joined by the wonderful Judith Owen. Hello.
2: Hello, lovely to meet you Rich.
1: Lovely to meet you too. And we were just discussing the time difference because you are in New Orleans, is that right?
2: Uh, I'm actually even worse than that. I'm in Santa Monica, so it's even earlier. So it's 8 a.m. Oh, I shouldn't say that. So let me just say it's even earlier than you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) But you
1: look and sound fantastic. This is what we were just discussing like, I don't look or sound like this in the morning. This is incredible.
2: Well, you know, I have two giant Labradors uh, called Aretha and Franklin because she's my idol. And uh, yeah. And those two are literally staring into my face at 6 a.m. So I have very little chance <laughs> of ever really sleeping properly ever again. And, it, and I love it because I used to be the kind of person that woke up or had problems waking up just because it, I was, you know, scared, scared of the day. Should we say, like, mo- uh, like many of us understand? Yeah. These dogs, of course, th- they make me happy to welcome every single day. They are joy incarnate. So I'm just honestly, Rich, I'm trying to be a, a chocolate Labrador. That's what I'm trying to be right now,
1: for we, you. Oh, we could all be that, couldn't we? A bit more chocolate Labrador. It's, it, yes. yeah, but it takes effort. I mean, Labradors don't seem to, they just get on with it. Whereas we have to make more of an effort to be so.
2: Well, I just, I watch them and in the morning, you know, any, every dog owner, dog lover is here listening to this and going, oh yeah. But they literally spring out of bed, because um, of course they sleep with with my husband and I, who are teetering on the edges of the of the bed, holding on for dear life because they're huge, and they li- they their behaviour is as if they've just woken up from like a six year coma and they've realised that they're alive again and, and they have their life back. And then they look at me as if they haven't seen me for ten years, and it's like it's you, it's life, isn't it incredible? And so I'm trying desperately as a kind of You know, naturally Welsh depressive. To understand that, to be more in the moment and to to emulate that kind of behaviour. I am a Labrador in training.
1: That's what I.
2: That's what I hope to be.
1: Someone was telling me recently. When I grow up, I think. (laughs) Do you know what? It's a great thing to aspire to be. Like you say, that positivity, that energy. It's it's. I someone was telling me the other day that dogs don't have a sense of time. So that's why. If you leave the room and you come back in and they're like, oh, my God, like you just said,
2: oh, my God, God, where have you been? (laughs) It's the great, I mean, there is, you you know, your significant other will never look at you the way (laughs) that your dog will look at you as if you're back. Oh, my God, I love you. They will never, ever, you know, I mean, it's not possible, but that's why those of us who are slightly flawed. The, to have dogs in our lives, of course, is the most extraordinary and marvelous thing. Every dog lover and owner knows this. It it is a true gift. That's why, that's why we we go through the unbearable loss every you know, every if you're lucky thirteen years yes. because life with a dog actually makes you, I believe, a better human being. It, it really does because it teaches you so much in in being able to be gentle and endearing and and empathic and loving. It allows you to show your most vulnerable side your most loving side and we rarely get to do that without feeling either shame or vulnerability and fear that someone's going to hurt us so yeah. i think it's an extraordinary gift that they give us
1: i think you're right and having that and realizing that it's actually like you say precious that we yeah. exist in the first place and we are as you said we all we all kind of we all, all suffer with you know mental health issues on some level somewhere at yeah. some point in our lives and to try and, I do this myself, so I try and focus on the positives and try and go, okay, yeah, you're all right, you're a bit skint, or you haven't got this, you haven't got that, but look what you do have. Look what you do, and look have. What
2: you do have. And that's it's the, you it's know, difficult I, to do. I, you're so right. My, my husband, when I was, years ago, and I've always struggled with, with depression, and, and my, it's in my family very deeply, and of course, like I said, I joke about it, but it's very Welsh. I mean, it's like... Mm. You know, there is, there is the melancholy there, uh, melancholia, and uh, when I met my husband, he described me as being the glass half broken. This is one of the best lines anybody <laughs> has used to describe me except the truth is the flip side of that darkness and that's what comes out in music and what, what has come out in, as I've got healthier and healthier mm. and uh, is that I'm actually a very alive, vital person. Yeah. Who has, you know, there? It's like, you know, it's like that. The the two sides of a coin. It's just there is that, you know. And 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 I have to say, there's not a funny person I've ever met in my life, and I mean a professionally funny person that I've ever met in my life who isn't the darkest son of a bitch you'll ever meet ever. Yeah. And I think that's very telling. Is that need to find light and find joy because inherently there is that darkness in there. So um, I. I I think the, the, the hardest thing any of us can ever learn to do, which dogs do so easily, is to be present and in the moment, I yeah. really do.
1: Yeah, which is, and I learned that through reading uh, Ruby Wax's books. Was that, was that, I remember reading, I can't remember which one it was specifically, but it was that when you're having a moment, just go, right, hang on a minute, just sit there and feel the chair. Feel the desk that yeah. you're sitting in front, or feel the thing, like being, start to recognize what's around, and f- actually feel the things. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's so, that, that blew my mind, totally blew my yeah, mind. Yeah,
2: it's, it's the, 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 um, the exercise in, in mindfulness, mm. which she, she writes about, uh, which is being so present that you could actually feel your human presence and weight.
1: Yeah, in, that was it. Within
2: the, the planet, you know, within the place that you exist. Um, is an extraordinary thing. And we all get that moment where you suddenly look up and think, oh, my God. You know, I I remember, honestly, I was was here in Santa Monica for years when I came over to be with my husband. I'm always going back and forth between America and and London. Um, But I remember the day when I woke up as if from, again, from a Rip Van Winkle sleep where I suddenly realized that I was standing on the beach in Santa Monica surrounded by the most beautiful surroundings imaginable. I mean, it was extraordinary, and it had taken me, I'd say, probably four or five years because my brain was was so functioning so badly and was chemically oh, really? so so bad that I couldn't absorb any of the beauty because, as you know, you can't feel joy in any shape or form when you are that dark inside, and that's yeah. the truth. You know, that's really it, isn't it? Is the, yeah. the, the fact of If it's like, you know, looking in the mirror with an eating disorder and thinking, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, you know, 90, you know, whatever, like when you're skeletal, it's that thing where if your brain is telling you that life is dreadful and that you're in pain, you can't see anything beautiful. You can, you can't absorb anything positive. And, um, you know, having gone, you know, done a a show or created a show with Ruby Mm, years past, Losing it, that was the point of it all, as two people who um, had struggles with their own versions of depression, but who had uh, the greatest desire in the world to, you know, rip the, ba- the, the band-Aid off the tumor, which is the truth, because that's what most of us do is self-medicate or do things that cover yeah. it up to a point, but don't actually deal with it. And to try and take away that stigma. Um, which God knows I grew up with, um, and the, the shame and, the, and the, the secrets. Yes. The secrets constantly. I, I I'm Honestly, Rich, I look at myself now as a very mentally healthy human being, and, that's a, and, and a lot of that and most of that is thanks to music and oh, thanks yes. to the thing that I do. And uh, it's, I'm so far from the person who, who I was then, it's, it's really extraordinary. I'm so grateful. It's It's funny as well, it's
1: funny as well with, you know, people have this assumption that because, you know, because you're, you know, you, your husband, Ruby, tremendously successful people, yeah, and there's this assumption like, well, you're, you're successful, you're living the dream, so how could you have any of these issues, you know, it just goes to show you that on a, on a, on a mental, subconscious level, we're all the same and we all have these struggles, it doesn't matter what's going on or what we've achieved, Right. there's still that darkness that just and for no reason it's like like you, stay, you know, like you've got a tremendously successful music career, and you still have and you have those you have those moments where you were like oh, what's the what's the point what's yeah the, what's the it's
2: point um it, it's it doesn't matter what you have it's sort of like you know whether you look at like somebody like Anthony Bourdain or any exactly you know people that, who take yeah. their lives, people who struggle with this constantly, people who are addicted to. Oh, I just addicted. Let's just put that under yeah. there because it can be anything. It can be drugs. It can be booze. It can be shopping. It can be sex. It's whatever. You can put that, that name on it. But having success means nothing. Um, and that's success, success on any level, you know, for people from the yeah. outside that think you're doing so well. What have you got to be depressed about? It's not, that's not what depression is. It's a really um, malevolent little 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 disease that, like yeah. I said, if if you imagine your brain as your computer, the computer is running everything. You know, the, it, it's telling you how you see life.
3: Yeah.
2: And so, what you have, what you've achieved, the things around you, your beautiful family, your loving partner, whatever it might be, it's me. It doesn't, it doesn't come through. It does not I know come exactly through what you at mean. all.
1: Yeah, I know exactly and, what you mean.
2: And, um, and it's, um, it, it's, it's extraordinary because then there goes the guilt that comes with it when people th- are thinking, what the hell have you got to be yes.
3: down about? How yes. dare
2: you? You know, you have everything. And then you feel like you have to make excuses for yourself and apologize. Now that's a big word for me, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, apologizing for who you are um, has been, this has, changed, this has changed me so greatly that this, of all things, uh, um, you know, we were talking earlier about my energy first thing in the morning. I mean, I mean, I'm used to being on, you know, having to get up at insane hours and sing on the radio or sing, you know, oh, sing in, yeah. in situations where I shouldn't be able to. But, you know, I'm just so grateful to, to be able to do any of this with, with uh, um, like the history that I've had. But I had this incredible moment, and I do want to share this with you because it, it actually is so important to me. Um, I did this uh, during COVID. By, by the way, wasn't it amazing during COVID where everybody felt like us? This is <laughs> I, the, yeah. <laughs> I felt like, I was, I felt like yeah. oh, my God, everybody's in my gang now. <laughs> hey, it's the Judith Owen party. I could run for office. Everybody had anxiety and stress, yeah. dis- you know, you know post, post-traumatic stress disorder. Everybody was everybody struggling with it, and this, it's like, hey. That
1: was it. That was the, that was yeah. the great leveller where you saw you know people like yourselves and people you know like the backstreet boys and people we' locked in and everyone everyone's in the same position it doesn't matter so I didn't suddenly you suddenly realize like oh it doesn't matter where you're at on this this the imagined success level the ladder you're all locked in and you're all we' all in. It, yeah
2: and it's so it's the fun the great imagine the joy I don't mean it that way it sounds no. so you're tossy of me, but <laughs> I remember having a conversation in you know, because I live mostly in New Orleans, it's just too hot to be there right now. But I'm down there and I'm talking to my friend Helen Gillette, this incredible uh uh cellist who also suffers from the you know the darkness, the black mm. dog. And uh, and we're talking, we're having a FaceTime because, of course, we can't actually walk up the street and meet each other at all because we're shut down. And she said, Is it not incredible that everybody now understands the way that we've been feeling, you and I, our entire lives. And right now, I'm feeling like I'm ahead of the game because I've spent my life knowing, learning how to deal with this. I'm not joking, honestly, Rich. We felt like we were like, we've got this. (laughs) We have this because Uh, this is what what we we do every single day. We wake up every single day trying to work out how to deal with our anxiety. And now the rest of the world was feeling it too. And that's a bit of a harsh thing to say, but there there was a joy and an irony in there for us. And during that time, again, I'm, to quote my husband, um, I decided that I would rather, again, stick forks in my own eyes than, mm. than record another deep, meaningful, emotionally exposing Judith Owen penned songs, album. I, 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 all I wanted, and he, it, this, is, this is the flip in life. This is the flip to me all I wanted and I think all we did want and all we still want is joy and a sense of relief and release, entertainment that makes you feel hopeful, distracts you, elevates you, gives you escapism because it's not just COVID, it's it's everything that has shifted all around us all the time. And, And it feels, you know, we're in this magical world on this extraordinary heavenly place called Earth. And yet every single day we're seeing information, absorbing information, which of our own doing yes. is the most depressing stuff that any of us have, have ever faced, I believe yeah. in a real basis, you know, in a real way, not just on a chemical no, basis, no, but no, really. And so I had a very strong memory, Rich, of when I was a, a, a kid. Yeah. And my home was a, a, a brilliantly musical one because my father was an opera singer at Covent Garden. That's so great. this was like the light of my life and my, me and my sisters. But my mother was terribly depressed. I mean, oh, it, really? uh, wasn't, it had not been diagnosed, of course, because mm-hmm. it was just too shameful to even go to somebody and ask for help. And it was very much just, you know, just yeah. really push through it. Come on. That's it, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you, 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 we've been through tough times. We come from tough people. It's just you. You know, we're in London now. We've left Wales, but it's like you got to tough this out because that's the way you get through things. Well, you don't. You don't. No. And she didn't. And uh, and it was it was a, a um, it was a, a home that was both elevated and and alive with music, constantly music with music. And it was a very sad. There was a sadness always in there inherently because of the the darkness that was around her at all times. And of course, we you know, we were absorbing. Yeah, and this and thing, and you
1: wouldn't have been aware of it at the time, like because you were no, a kid.
2: That's it. It seemed like that was normal. And yeah. little did I know, nature nurture. But I had that too, and also I was, I was absorbing her pain and feeling responsible for her, and we were parenting her. Mm. But the the real relief from it and the upside, the the the, the light here, is that. My uh, my dad had this collection of remarkable songs, remarkable 45s that he'd collected when he was when he was a kid. Oh, amazing. Um, of yeah. these extraordinary American uh, African American women at the piano, mm-hmm. killers at the piano, the most joy-filled, alive, vital, thrilling. Artists women like who are not known anymore uh, at all. Uh, yeah. Nellie Lutcher, Julia Lee uh, Mary Lou Williams, I mean, Dinah Washington of course still yeah. known, Blossom, Blossom uh, Deary, but you know little-known cult figures and he I remember him the first time he played this song called Fine Brown Frame and I, I was just bouncing off the walls dancing, yeah. you know in with joy because it was spectacular in its pure unadulterated joy and humor yeah and anyway so long story short that was a lifeline for for my family for my sister and and me and my dad those songs became like a rock you know they were an anchor and they were the distraction escapism that we needed but that's what music is as we know and um yeah the classical made me cry and let me release those feelings and this made me feel like that's who I wanted to be, and that's who, what I was fighting to become, in spite of what was going on I've, in my home. Well, my mother lost yeah. the battle, of course, with depression, oh, and, sorry. Yeah. and that sent my whole family off the rails. Certainly, I went off the rails, and
1: as I was gonna say, yeah, how would you cope? Sister. How would you cope with that? That's
2: it, you yeah. know, um, I, I, I. It's interesting how many how many people I meet who have been. Uh, in their, within their families or their partners or their parents, have uh, you know have dealt with and lived through uh, uh, suicide. And I don't think you ever get over it, but no. you certainly do um, live with it. And if you're really very fortunate, learn by it, hmm. because although it has taken me uh, my life to to become well again, and that is the truth. And again, really? that thanks to music. Yeah. But the greatest gift my mother gave to me, and she was a really remarkable woman, you'll see how this all ties together, mm. um, because she was this big band lover, jazz lover too, all these songs my dad was playing, the rhythm and blues, the, the jazz and blues, these incredible women from the 40s and 50s. Well, my mother was this incredible dancer. Oh, wow. And I, have, I had this image, you know, she was, a, again, so alive and so, so destroyed um, forever. Mm. As long as I, I, the little time that I knew her, of course. But what she taught me was who not to become right. because I knew from a very early age that I had what she had. I had a, you know, low grade uh, clinical uh, depression. Well, I had yeah. an anxiety disorder, very, a, a really very bad anxiety disorder. And I, I did what most I think most people do, or children of, often, and I think men suffer from it worse. There are the statistics that say that men really do suffer, you know, children mm. of suicide. The boys actually suffer worse and are more likely to oh, actually really? do the same thing. But I think children often feel like they don't deserve to be uh, around when their parents have gone, and also, what does that mean about them if their parents leave them, you know, and want to leave them? And then there's yeah. the shame and the guilt of not having been able to save her, because she, to me, was. She was my responsibility, I was her parent, and why couldn't mm. I save her? So at first, the knee-jerk feeling was, I should do the same, you know, I don't deserve to have a joyful life, I must suffer.
3: Right.
2: Not kill myself, but I must suffer. Right, right, right. And then then yeah. Exactly, and punish myself, because I'm a terrible person. And then, uh, and then the next thing that comes after that is, if I don't do something really serious, and if I don't change things radically, I will be the same person Mm. that was that's the the fork in the road was I better do something I better start on this the job that she didn't get to do that she was unfortunate not to have all the tools not to have those the help but if I don't do something I can see where this is going and that that was that truly was the biggest uh, gift that she gave me and and I learned something very, very, very uh, important all these years later when it's COVID and I don't want to do another Deep and Meaningful because that's, you know, mm. 13 albums later and it's been amazing and I've been pouring my heart out and my experiences and connecting and and not wanting to do that. I wanted to do something joyful, wanting to do something hopeful that lifts me, that lifts my audience, that is a is an escape into another time. And, and to return to that, place when I was six Mm. and I felt that joy. Um, That changed so much for me. I mean, this sounds like so corny, me saying it this way, but it changed so much because what these women were, were they were unapologetically themselves. And I love using that phrase because I think as Brits and and just as human beings, Mm. and certainly as a woman, you spend an awful lot of time apologizing for who you are yeah. or feeling like you should apologize. And I think men do this as well. Of course you do. A feeling like you should some, like you're, here's the word, you're not enough. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the sense that we all have, those of us who, want, who appreciate this and have it, is that I am not enough. And the reason for that is you haven't had a parent who's told you, you're enough. Because yeah. I had this extraordinary experience recently where I met a woman who was so put together here in, in LA, so so beautifully confident, not revolting you know, not like mm. yeah. precocious and terrible and like that horrible LA thing that we all know. But a naturally, divinely at peace with herself confidence that just that I'm I like to feel that now, now I have actually achieved without playing at it without yeah. acting without pretense like that used to be me is that was the armor I wore yeah but genuinely uh, and I asked her how, how have you always been this way and she said oh yeah yeah, yeah. I was very fortunate wow. um, I had this wonderful mother that was the one that almost killed me when I heard that I had this wonderful mother who always told me that I was more than enough And that I could do whatever I put my mind to, and if anybody undermined me or made me feel less, uh, or played games that I should leave and walk away, right? And I was just sort of like, yeah. This was (laughs) it was it was uh, oh no! I just like you. Exactly. Thank you, Rich. (laughs) I was literally like, you you could do that as a kid, and it turns out you could if you had. And and of course my parents couldn't tell me that because they weren't told that. They felt like that they had to apologize for themselves the whole time and that they were somehow not enough and hadn't been invited to the sexy party of life. Guess what, there is no party. It's just this, that's what it is. And so here we are all these years later and I meet this woman and and I'm I'm making this record and and it becomes very clear that the key to all of this is feeling like you're enough. I couldn't feel like I was enough. I had a mother who was so flawed and who left and it was clear that I definitely wasn't enough. But the truth is we're all enough. I mean, I yeah. hate to sound like a, you know, proselytizing about this stuff. But how interesting, I guess, you know, when when you get to when when you get to be a grown-up badass woman, which is what I've always been in in, you know, yeah. The, the, this is who I've always really been inside, trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, gestating a badass. When I first heard these women, that that was the start of it. That was my love affair. But I think all I ever wanted to be was my authentic, absolute self, and to not apologize for being a bit loud and a bit mouthy and, yeah, you know, outspoken and big behind the piano and and. uh and unafraid and funny and clumsy and stupid and silly and all those things that it takes to be a beautifully flawed human being. Yeah. And I made this record and in the making of this record and in the, in the sort of embracing these women's lives and their music and who they were and their absolute trailblazing fearlessness, um, I realized that my, of course my my struggle, my, my battle was with, with myself yeah. because of that basic belief that I was never enough and therefore deserved to, yeah. to have bad things or things not to work out or to be disappointed in life. Um, and then I end up doing something that is an exercise in self-confidence. It's an act. Actual exercise, particularly in female self-confidence and and the horrible word, but empowerment. But you know what I mean by Mm, that. Yeah. Where um, I get to be my absolute self and I get to incorporate what my mother taught me, which was to bring in that aspect of like, you know, in in my live show, you know, dancing and entertaining and being an actress, which I was trained to be, and being the musician and the pianist and the band leader, the woman in control. And I am more than enough. Yeah. And I think it's about reaching that place in life where you just think, I don't give a flying F. Am I allowed to swear?
1: Absolutely. All right, I'm saying it. I don't give a
2: flying fuck what anybody thinks about thank you, darling, anymore. Just checking. Um, (laughs) Nice. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we think we're being judged by everyone around us. We do so much, especially Brits, because we think people are judging us. No, they're not. They've got their own bunch of problems that they're dealing with. We judge ourselves. We are our worst judges. And if somebody doesn't like you, here's the, that's what this woman told me as well. She said, my mother told me, you won't be liked by everybody and not everyone will like what you do or who you are. And guess what? That doesn't matter. Because all that matters is who, the people that do like you and do like what you bring to the, to, to the play. And do yeah. like who you are. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You're not that, running, yeah. for, you know, you're not running for for president. You don't <laughs> need to be loved by, you know, you don't need to be Bill Clinton and need to be loved by babies and, and dogs and men and women and everybody in between. You just don't need to do that. No. You just need to be, find the, the, those that get you and who cares about the rest? That, yeah. That's, you know, but I didn't know that. I thought I was... I thought I was running for election. I thought everybody had to love me because if anyone yeah. didn't, my life was over.
1: I had, it used to keep me up at night. If I, if I, think, I used to, if I thought, oh, yeah, someone doesn't like me, it used to. I'd be, I'd track them down. and go, why? What is What? Why don't you like me? But like you say, now you're a bit old. You kind of go, oh yeah, doesn't, doesn't not like that. I don't no, hear the not shit. everyone's gonna like you. It's and
2: they fine. shouldn't. No, because because if you think if i mean that's like saying that everyone you date is going to be a success no, no. it's like it this is all about chemistry and but the, the but the the pleaser the child that's the pleaser the child that doesn't think and we are basically all children we just our bodies just grow oh, fast yeah. and that's all there is to it but inside we're just little children
3: yeah
2: and we you, Most of us usually stop evolving at some point in our lives when something bad has happened or something strange has happened, unless you have a great, you know, like I said, like this friend of mine. But I think if you're a pleaser, as I used to be, then to not win someone's love, as you said, yeah. is it, it can destroy you, yeah. keeps you up at night, Yeah. destroys yeah. you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, it was, and it's only been in the last few years when I've realised that. I used to be terrible. I remember being a, before I was a comedian and I was a manager of a, of a, of a comedy club and, the, and the, the guy that owned it, he went, mate, he goes, you're too nice. You're too busy worrying about what people think of you. He goes, you're a terrible manager because you, you're trying to be everyone's mate. I'm like, I, just, I, can't, I couldn't help it. I, I needed mean, everyone to like me.
2: Yeah, but, and, and I think that is why you know that's why people don't end up usually with managers who are and that's the truth nice people let's be honest Mm. nice people they might be privately but you can't be a nice manager uh you can't be a nice agent let's let's be honest rich you just can't be a nice agent let's be honest uh but ultimately you have to be you have to be a bit of a shark because it's a ugly dirty business Yes, it is. um And nice people just get shat on. And I mean, you, you just, you've, you've opened up my, my fabulous vocabulary now. Look, <laughs> like swear, yeah, because I'm looks. a real blinding swearer. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm filthy, but I, and I enjoy it. But it's isn't it extraordinary how much time we waste? And I say waste because I don't really mean waste. Because that's what being, that's what growing and becoming wise is. Yeah. But damn it, I wish I'd known Same. these these simple. You things which and they are keep you up at night stuff that is the source of so much but listen to this you know I thought I was you think you're the only one you know it's like I'm doing a show you tell me you've seen this one everybody's having a good time everyone's enjoying themselves and there's one person in the audience that looks like there's a piece of shit on the floor in front of them okay and every time every every time. time and it's insufferable because it's, your insides are dying because you can't win them over. You can't, it's not working. So the 99% doesn't matter. And then I heard this great, quite by chance, interview years ago with Phil Collins and he said the same thing. He said, I could be playing to like a 15,000 arena, but there's a guy in the second row that I'm looking down at and he's basically got a scowl on his face where he's looking at his phone and the whole gig is ruined for me. Thank you.
1: I had this conversation with my wife last week. We did a gig together. She's a comedian as well. And we came off she went, oh, the, that this, there, was a, cause, oh, there was a couple just sat off to the left. They were just scowling and staring at me. And, oh, my God. I went, yeah, but I was stood at the back and I could hear everything. And it sounded amazing. You, sound yeah. like, you had a brilliant gig. And she went, I hated it. I fucking hated it. <laughs> just because that one couple...
2: Just because of that one bastard couple. And it's, (laughs) and you can't, you know, you can't be a performer without, obviously, you know, without uh, absorbing that. How could you? You're a human being. But here comes the other bit of a trick that I've realized. It's not even a trick. Okay. But I've been, like you are, you know, you get up. And you bear your soul. You're a comedian, but you're still you. You're Rich Wilson on stage. That's who you are, even though you're a heightened you. Yes. But as a performer, I get behind the piano, and I'm a heightened me, and I'm a you know, I'm a badass at the piano, and I'm blah blah blah, all those other things, and I'm you know all all the stuff that makes me a seemingly the most confident person yeah. in the world. Nothing has ever made me care less about what the audience are doing than um, getting on stage in this new, um, with my New Orleans band, The Gentleman Callers, that's Mm. another story altogether, but they're fabulous, incredible musicians. Nothing has empowered me more than me getting out from the piano and actually being front and center, embodying these women this era, having a costume and a persona that I lose myself in, but it's still me, yeah. it's me. But I have, I have a little bit of padding, I have a bit of armor that means that it's not just me just going, look, here's my heart, jump on it, stamp on it, would you? So it just, you know, so now I've realized, and I just, just did a, a show here in LA, and, you know, there were a couple of people in the audience who actually were enjoying themselves. They just had the look of, you know, of L.A., but you can't tell. Right, you yeah. can't tell in L.A. because <laughs> there's been so much face work. Who knows what's going on behind there? So it, it basically, in days of yore, I would have gone, oh, no, mm-hmm. I, they hate me. I am the... No. With this one, I was like, I don't give a fuck. If you're not enjoying this, what is your problem? Yes, yeah, she's on what you. What is your problem? <laughs> You know, there's plenty yeah. of, get, leave, go. You're yeah. making me, you know, you're ruining it for the rest of the of the room. Get out. Us,
1: yeah, you're bringing us down, man. Go on, get so out. So
2: now I found myself actually pointing it. Can you believe this? So now I'm <laughs> singing these songs that are so rude, full of double entendre and innuendo. Yeah. You know, if you're not enjoying yourself, you shouldn't be in that audience. And I'm now, I'm pointing at this couple really, like, doing it. And guess what? They lose their inhibitions because actually, all it is is they're self-conscious. Yeah. They don't quite know what to do because, really, what it turns out, they come up to me afterwards and say, "We just wanted to get up and dance, but we felt like we couldn't, and right. and we were just so in shock and loving it all, but uh, and we we didn't know if it was." And it was like, "Okay." Oh yes.
3: Yeah. So, so, so what I things. saw
2: and read was so different.
3: Yeah.
2: So different from the reality. Yeah. And 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 I think that in in, in all our lives is when we sometimes misread a situation so badly.
1: Mm. Yeah, yes, um,
2: yes, yes. Oh, God, two days ago, you'll love this one. <laughs> I'm in a bit of a punchy mood because I've had a really tricky like you, business call. This,
1: this is all about you. This is all Darling, about you. It's,
2: oh, no, it's terrible. And I'm feeling, I'm just feeling just a little bit like, oh, a little sore, you know, as we all do when we've been in a situation of confrontation, we don't feel OK. And I'm walking the Labradors. Walking them and off we go. And I'm walking next to this little wall, and I can see a man, and he's walking towards us, and he stops right in front of us. And I'm like, and and this is Santa, Santa Monica, so you got to understand. There's so many uh, strange, shall we say,
1: okay, and yeah. so
2: many um, right now, simply dangerous people who yes. are out on the streets just because nobody takes care of the homeless mm. here. Nobody has a you know they could give it give it crap basically it's a bad situation and and it's awful, but so I do what I always do, which is I kind of just look down at the floor and I avoid um. Eye contact, and I'm like, he's going to move, he's going to move, he's going to... Move. It's as if he, he wants to... He's been walking against, along the wall, oh, we've been going. walking against the wall, and now he obviously has got a problem. He can't leave the wall, and I'm standing there, and my dogs are sniffing, and I can't move them. And finally, I'm thinking, oh, good grief, this is just horrendous. And I look up, and he looks at me and says, can I say hello to your dogs? <laughs> and it's a perfectly <laughs> nice human yeah. being who just wanted to connect and loves my Labradors and wasn't being weird. And I, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. I went out with a certain mindset and I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for confrontation now because there's so much weirdness out. Of course, and here's yeah. a really nice person who's like, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Just love like,
1: the dogs. Just love the dogs. just love the bloody
2: dogs. So yeah. it's it's uh, yeah, and and it, it it's uh, anyway that that's an aside. But my point being, it's what so much. Don't you think so much of what we see is what we're already telling ourselves?
1: Yeah, yeah. And what definitely.
2: we're already thinking about ourselves? Yeah,
1: all the, every so, single time. Yeah. 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 It's and it's yeah, and it, it it only through only it's only been recently when I've really been looking into. Why I've behaved certain ways and why I've let certain things get to me over the years, that yeah, I'm kind of like years ago. I was with I was with a partner. She was a, she was quite a lot older than me. A fantastic, incredible woman uh, called Marilyn. And I remember she said that thing. She said to me, "You are enough," and I didn't get it oh. at the time. I didn't get it. I mean, what? Didn't get it. But it's only now I go. Yeah, you are. You are enough yeah everything about it, it just it was just now I look back on I, I wish I could ring her and go, um, yeah, I get it now, but we fell out but <laughs> but um, it, you know the,
2: and that's a fine example of you can only hear it when you're ready to hear it yes. and it's the same thing as you can only you can only be well when you're ready to be well or want to be well, you can only hear stuff when you are ready and can absorb it and that's the, that's why I want you know i'm on I'm on a mission to share this. This with as as many people as humanly possible, but certainly with young women because that's how I, That's what I now get are all these young women after shows who and on socials And it's been extraordinary yeah. who now reach out to me asking pretty much the same question which is how, I You know, I want to be I want to be as confident as you and I don't know how and how and it's and it makes me almost want to cry because mm. you know, they're looking at me like a role model, which which is, as a role model, which is the greatest thing that you can be to, I think, to, yeah. to any young generation, especially of young women Absolutely. who, if you were as lost as I was and felt as lacking as I did, um, to be able to help them in any way. That doesn't mean they can absorb it, that doesn't mean they can hear it, but to share with them the fact that actually I was exactly like them and yeah. really, didn't get that point of being enough and of how sexy and this is for men and women how sexy confidence is
1: oh god yeah and again yeah. i mean
2: i mean true confidence not yeah. blase bullshit no, no, no. i mean natural yeah. beautiful Feeling it's absolutely a, yeah. good in your own own skin and your own body yeah. it's a wonderful wonderful thing, and it's really sexy well, yes, and uh, absolutely. yeah and it's it's what we all want we all want to walk into a room and just look like we're at ease with every situation that that we're we're thrown into and and that that you 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 know that's what we all aspire to. It's what I always looked at with other another woman and just went, oh my God. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and I had a and I, I want to ask you this question because I I I feel very strongly that at six years old, in spite of my family situation, but at six, I know that I was pretty much the person I am today. I came in really well formed and Wanting, I mean, just my personality was there, my love of music was there, my joy was there, my desire to wear men's suits and a tie and look like this. I'm serious, this was all already there. there. It was extraordinary. And I'm already at the piano playing away. The love affair had already begun. And then you spend, it seems to me that I spent the rest of my life trying to get back to the person I was at six years old, but now with the wisdom that experience... Has yeah. brought me, and do, do you have that I have exactly that the same feeling?
0: Thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: incredibly I don't and 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 being incredibly insecure it's a really weird path that I've walked where I knew I knew that I was like again I knew I knew I was like oh yeah I've got it I like the things I'm into the things I like like music especially yeah. but weirdly but weirdly as I grew up maybe it was because yeah I always had people telling me that I was I was shit or I was this or I was that and I let it come in but really fundamentally underneath, I was like no 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 I know I'm all right I'm actually, I've actually got it going on. I know, I know. And not in a big-headed way. I'm kind of like, no, I know. Like, I, like I get people saying to me all the time, I "Go, Rich, you, you've really, you got it, you got it going on, mate. You got it, you switched on." I'm like, do you have any idea how hard it is for me to walk into a room sometimes and just, yeah. and just say hello to everyone. And do you know what I mean? So yeah, I did have it when I was a kid. I had, the, I was always running around. I, I was always, I was into, I was always dressing up, uh, music. I can't remember a time when I didn't have music around. I was very lucky with my parents. Being into the blues and the Stones, and explaining to me who these different people were. Explaining to me who Brian Jones was, and yeah. you know, growing up, who was Bob Dylan. And then dad then saying, "Oh yeah, but Bob Dylan was inspired by this person, Woody Guthrie," and then going all the way back.
3: Yeah.
1: And then and then yeah. seeing people, seeing people like Sister Rosetta Tharp and people like that. Yeah. That not only, they they were not only strong. They were strong in a time when women weren't allowed to be, and especially no. when there was segregation as well. And these these people fought through all that to get to still do the thing. that I can't really explain myself properly, but the strength that they had to go through all that to yes. become who they were, and and I and I yeah. know I had that in me. I know that I've now finally got to the point where I like I wear what I want, I listen to the music I want, I'm not afraid to say things because I know. I have an I have an understanding of who I am which is what I was yeah. when I was 6 years old.
2: And you and and that was already and that that's exactly there. it. And yeah. and I and I feel like this is this is so pertinent to so many people. Probably the majority of people is that their clearest, cleanest, if you know what I mean, mm. purest, most authentic self was right there when they cuz we come in pretty well formed. Yeah. yeah. And then we grow up and we and we we go off the tracks and we get lost, and we get and like you, I've been told, I, you know, I'm not funny, I'm not yeah. this, I'm not that. What do I think I'm doing? Why are you so loud? Why Stop are you? there? Off. there? Yeah. All the bollocks that you always get told by people in the business, but my backbone is so strong, because inside, where my little Bunsen burner lives, you know, mm. my little pilot-like, he's very strong, I am sure, I'm sure that that shit. And they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's the, there is something, as, as again, like you, as lacking in, in, in self confidence and how self loathing I've been so much of my life and how much that depression has fed that and anxiety based depression. Yeah. It's still down deep. There is a, there is a, there's such a belief, self belief, and such a backbone that will not let people destroy me, yeah. will not let them take me down and that is something really extraordinary and i and i and i hear it in you and i and i i get it yeah. because you you'd think with some people i i'm sure that you have enough of that and you just give up you don't do it anymore you go away you change your life yeah. you you won't do it because it's too fucking hard quite frankly yeah. to deal with your own inside voice you know your own voice in your head telling you you're shit and then the others on top you need that backbone to to actually survive yeah. in the entertainment business, in any oh. place where you put yourself out in that way, for that matter. But the 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 it, the thing that I I, I I so relate to, I mean, or rather what what I'm what I'm doing, what I'm literally doing by singing. You talk about Rosetta thought what uh, so extraordinary. Yeah, uh, and what I love about about what I loved about making this record, what I love about performing, which I'm, you know, touring with it, doing it, performing, telling the stories of these women yeah. within the show, because that's what's so important is to shine the light on these women, as you say, who were not just uh, marginalized for being female; they were marginalized for being African American. They were, yes. margin- they were at the bottom of the ladder, for feck's sake. Yeah, but also. They were the leaders. They were band leaders. They were in charge. They were in control. They were doing it on their terms. Doesn't matter what else was going on. They were in charge. The reason my band are called the Gentleman Callers is because it's like, you know, Julia Lee and her boyfriends, yeah. Nellie Lutcher and the rhythm. It's right, like the right, band right. were they were the guys that they they the women were in charge and yeah. on top. And I really relate so I mean not just relate this this is absolutely the 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 surprise of all of this is this is 70 years old. This music is 70 wow. years some of it yeah and older and it's as vital and relevant and joyful mm. and as sexy as it was I mean it was risque at the time. It was really <laughs> shocking at the time. Yeah. But it's as relevant today as it was then, perhaps even more so because today so much female empowerment is uh, seen as being just like being a stripper or a pole dancer, and it's like okay that's one way of doing it yeah. if that's what you want to do and you think and for you for you that's owning your sexuality. well there is another way to be a sexual being as well, and that's by keeping it on and just being. Uh, Fabulously (laughs) sexual person by having that mystery and that sense of what lies beneath. For me, that's always been the sexiest stuff there is.
3: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. You know,
2: there there are, you you have to, for young women particularly, I want to send that out, which is you don't have to be basically stripping off to be sexy. You can be, and that's wonderful if you own it. And if you absolutely, you know, are that, that, that's your thing. There are there are so many ways to be absolutely the woman in control, yeah. the person who, you know, the, 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 the sexual being uh, on stage or, or in life, you know, walking to, into any room and just looking incredibly put together. Yeah. I, I think maybe living in New Orleans has got a lot to do with this, Rich, actually. Oh, really? And I think you would relate to this, you know, the dressing up, which I've always been doing, mm. which we've always been doing since you were a kid. In New Orleans, they encourage uh, dressing up because everything is about Mardi Gras, it's about parading. They, you parade throughout the year in different forms. Of course, Mardi Gras is out of control. I dress up in different costumes every day, in different wigs <laughs> every day. I have a wig collection that would embarrass I
1: love that. most drag
2: queens. It's so good. <laughs> I have a hat collection, which is like out of control. Every year it's like, what costume is this year? You know, it's like you take, you, you're serious about it. And you're encouraged to put your, your drab, I'm bored with myself self, like to put it to the side and to like be liberated, mm. to, to dress up, to fancy dress, to put on a costume, to lose yourself. And to or to rather to, to find yourself by losing yeah. yourself by experimenting as we all do when we're children by the way exactly. in fancy dress boxes yeah. and we're allowed <clears> to <throat> put on the cowboy gear and i'm a prince and i'm a princess or whatever your gender you might be it doesn't matter that's what you know life is about when you're a kid is is living in that make believe but it's not really make believe it's how you learn to be yourself it's how exactly. you find yourself well that doesn't stop when you're seemingly an adult i believe that the more we can do that reconnects us with our true child young self which as i said is still in there for still god's in. sake yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be this fucked up <laughs> i believe that anything you can do that really you know keeps you in touch with that person is healthy for you yes, and that means that you know the drab drudgery of the everyday existence which we all feel I don't care what you do yeah you know I don't live on stage I don't live in the studio I'm just you know I'm picking up my dog poo and doing my my washing like everybody else the drabness and the drabness that we feel about ourselves there are things that you can do that alleviate that. Now, if you live in New Orleans, you have a great excuse. It's harder mm. when you're living in London or any yeah. other place where, again, you don't get to do that. Which is why I believe we there should be fancy dress clubs. I've, I now decided <laughs> that there should be fancy dress yeah. clubs, which yeah. are not <laughs> naughty nuns and vicars. No, no, and no, 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 no. That's bullshit. This should be really incredibly creative, wildly imaginative costumes it's a costume party that we should throw for each other and, and you know <laughs> costume where people, party clubs yeah it's a costume party club come on people say you're with me on this one because when i when i'm in new orleans if i'm rocking a great blue wig going down the street or a hat that like scream i've got a oh god you know i i've got hats that that, that are so big they they have their own you know postal code so <laughs> there, i think that it's 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 a joy to liberate yourself because, because along with doing that comes a phenomenal sense of self and confidence. Yeah. So if you think of yourself as a kid, you'll remember that feeling, yeah, how yeah, good yeah. you felt.
1: Absolutely. How good you
2: felt. I am so tired of people like wearing camping gear. <laughs> I mean, the last time I was in the Palladium, I went to see Rob Bryden. Yeah, like uh, a couple of years ago at, in the Palladium, and everybody looked like they were literally going. They were going on a hike.
1: It's the fashion at the moment. Norm, norm Core.
2: Oh, oh I, my God! And, he, <laughs> and even he commented on it. And I was so rad, I was so obscenely overdressed. I had the whole. I was everything. I was suited up like a, a behemoth, and I was just like, it he made a joke about it?" Because it was like, "Come on, yeah, do you understand people that, or maybe you've, that's the point? Is none of us." We've forgotten how good it feels yeah. to dress up. Yeah. To really make an effort when you go to somewhere put like on the, the glad rags. Yeah. Thank you. The palladium. Yeah. To put your glad rags on, to make the effort, to really make a statement, be bold. It's what, that is what confidence is.
1: You it's get it all the time. really yeah. feeling
2: that pride. And the effect it has upon your psyche, upon your mental health is huge.
3: Oh, no. Huge. Yeah.
2: Because you, you know, a hat, you wear a hat. The hat shouldn't wear you. Yeah. You don't apologise for wearing a hat. You got to <laughs> so commit. So many people
1: feel threatened when you wear a hat. Not just I know the they way, do. not just truck it, but I've got other hats. I've got all these other things, and they go, oh look at you with your hat. You're like, what? What? <laughs> just well,
2: well, we're dreadful yeah. for that in Britain as well. We know that, you know. We know that it's the tall poppy syndrome. It's like yeah. you know what they're really saying is. I feel self-conscious wearing a hat. I can't carry that off, but you're wearing a hat. Damn you! How dare you? You you feel bad now for my insecurity. (laughs) That's all that is. is It's projection.
1: Oh man, I've said it before on on here. I said it when I posted on Instagram and things like that. And I get men. I've had men come up to me at gigs afterwards, and I'll have like a pink sweatshirt on, and they'll go, "Mate, I like that colour. I wish I could wear that." And you're like, "Yeah, you can wear this," but they're so worried about what their peers are going to say or their family. That's exactly it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't wear pink. You're like, yes, you can, because I'm sick and tired of seeing men wearing navy blue and black or burgundy if they're feeling particularly brave. You're like, stick some pink on, mate, a bit of yellow, orange. Yes, Go for and, it. And,
2: and by the way, men, you don't have to be gay to be no. able to rock some fantastic stuff. Look at your wonderful shirt right Thank now. You. It's like, where's some fucking colour, would you? Get some
1: colours on, mate.
2: Don't, and that, But that, again, you see, it's like, it's what people will think. It's yes. how will they judge me? Will they think I'm, because I'll stand out? Well, guess what? It's really good to stand uh, out yeah. in the best. I don't mean for the sake of it, being an ass, but we don't mind standing out when we're drunk and we're a bunch of, of yobs screaming at each other, like beating the crap out of each other. We're fine with that. Yeah. Well, how about standing out for just you know, looking great, Yeah. for making the effort, for really cutting it. I mean, I just, yeah. I feel like, you know, that was when you're talking about the Stones and stuff like that and in, in London in the 60s, that's what was amazing, yeah. was the, the fashion, the rock and roll, the music and the fashion that, that blended. We've always done that in Britain. We've always taken pride in how we've really married that, fashion taste with music. Yeah. Something has absolutely gone awry now where it's the only fashion there really is, is it, like I said, either you look like you're like a stripper mm. or you're pimping something, and it's like, no, for everyone else, that's fine, that's, that's, that's the look, that's great, that's what you wanna do, that's fantastic. But what about everybody else who's yeah. wearing black or navy or camping gear? It's not good enough. I had this. I, I really wanted people to to like. I, I encourage people, like when I do the the, you know the 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 the, the, the album this album. Mm. Come on and get it, yeah. right? It's it's literally literally like doing that. Come on and get it. That was why I chose that title. It's, it's one. It's a song, but it's like come on. Yeah, that's it. I yeah, and yeah. And I wanted people because I'm I'm rocking a suit. I'm always in that androgynous place, which to me is. Very. I, so I always found like the Marlene Dietrich look, oh, the God, Catherine yeah. Hepburn look because I'm a film buff. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So it's like the fabulous red hair and everything. And I, I say to people, wear a hat, wear a suit, wear anything, wear something, dress, dress up. Because, you know, you're going to, it's not just about me on stage. I'm like taking you into another time. I'm taking you back to this period. Um for a reason, and it's not just about me on stage. You're invited to the party. This is, you know, imagine you're going to see Sound of Music and you're dressing up as Maria or a nun. Let's just do that. (laughs) You know, just do what they do in the, you know, in the cinema with Rocky Horror or something, you know, dress, dress, and enjoy the very act of costuming because it's brilliant. It'd or be, come and yeah. visit New Orleans. You know what I mean? Do that. Do that. Maybe do that. But there's a legal. No, I was just gonna say, but I, I you know, I'm a Brit who has definitely had, you know, the cork taken out of my uptight, you know, where because, yeah. because I've spent enough time in a place that's gone, what? You know, I walk down the road in New Orleans with a hat, you'd walk down with that shirt and yeah. people would go, yeah. yeah. I get I get the yeah, baby. That's what I get. <laughs> Love your hat.
1: There's that quote. And isn't if it? I see yeah. some
2: see you, would you ever do that in London? I see people in the street and I say to them, that is a beautiful, I love yes. your hair, or I love your suit.
1: You smell you nice. beautiful.
2: <laughs> you smell nice. God, you yeah. smell good. Yeah. Nobody flinches. People are like, thank you. You know, yeah. they, they, they get that this is, this is, that you've done something that has, has, deserves their, not just admiration, but they want to let you know that they appreciate you. Now, that is so not Northern
1: Europe. That's not, that's not what we do. <laughs> it's, uh, no, we like
2: to do that to anybody. We like to cut down anybody that is a little bit, you know.
1: Yeah. And it depends where you are as well. You have to be in a certain place if you're going to turn around and go, mate, that is a great shirt or that is a great hat. I'm always picking up people on their shoes. I'm like, mate, that is a banging pair of shoes. Where'd you get them? Uh, but you couldn't do that. Yeah. You couldn't do that in like, the countryside somewhere. You know? Don't do that in the
2: countryside. <laughs> I, th- I, w- I would say to you, and by the way, I won't be doing that outside of New Orleans, in Lu- Louisiana, where, let's be honest, <clears throat> I won't, you know, I, I will not be going anytime soon at all. No. Because we are talking about, yeah, we're, we're talking... About as Republican as you get.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing you thing can't. Is, yeah,
2: and that's the point. Is like you you can do this in in major cities. We all know that, mm. and that includes I think that includes Britain. I think that includes most places. Yes. You know, people are more shut down, um, and isolated when it you know when you, when you move into smaller areas. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine, and, and and as it should be. But we go to cities to be cosmopolitan and to be worldly. And to be open. Yeah. That's why people go to cities. I think, in the most part, of course, because they want
1: free. Yeah. Well, well.
2: They want freedom.
1: Yeah. But it's funny. We talk about freedom, and being a woman, especially in America now, it seems to be that men again are rising up and taking away. Well, they're just telling women what they what they can and can't do with their bodies and what they can and can't. It's like men seem to have had this fear of women since forever, and it's like they're always trying to put women in their place, shut them down. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And it, and I'm, it just, you just sit there. It's just, extraordinary. Yeah. It, it's, um, what are you scared and
2: of? And it's, an uh, I can tell you exactly what they're scared of. And it's, it's just infuriating. But uh, uh, it, it's the reason why I'm even more proud of. Of going out there and performing uh, uh, a having released this album mm. having released an album that is that, that is is being so beloved and and, and it's a
1: fantastic uh, album Not just it's so, astro- it's thank fantastic. you yeah. but
2: also you know but the message it's sending uh and that those women who 70 years ago were fighting the good fight yeah and doing that you know in the face of no i'm sorry you can't and yes you're you know you're a novelty, that's aren't it, you, yeah. and that's it really, because, but now the men are coming, so just stand aside. So, um, and don't get me wrong, I, 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 am, I am surrounded by the most incredible men, and
3: mm.
2: I have always been surrounded by, because this is a mostly male industry yes. that I'm in, and I have the most respectful, remarkable, in, joyful men in my life. And that's who I choose, but that's mostly who I find, as our musicians, and that's really it. But luckily, as I said, it's sort of like I... Probably because I demand it.
3: Mm.
2: <laughs> you're not going to really get past me. You know, I'm, I'm, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get away with much shit with me. But here we are again, 70 years later. Yeah. 70 years! And this music, again, it means even more, is even more pertinent yes. because it's talking about I mean, it's talking about female sexuality. These women were enjoying their female power, their sexuality. They were celebrating it. And back then, nice women, nice girls were singing about romance. But these women weren't. They were getting (laughs) down and dirty, but enjoying (laughs) flirting with you. And they were making you laugh. They knew. And that's why I love them too. You know, Nellie Lutch. all these women, they struggled. And Peggy Lee, good God, Mm. you know, the huge star, white, of course. Um, she was banned from the southern states for sounding too black. They were convinced she must have, uh, she must have had some black blood in her. Uh, so they banned yeah. her music. So you know, this is what I mean. This is what America is, okay? Yeah. So this is, this is, you know, this has been going on forever. But these women led with their sexuality mm. um, and were, were beloved and struggled. Now, here we are 70 years later and women are being put back in the corner Yes. And it's like a return to the fifties. This is extraordinary, and being told that they do not have any rights over their own bodies. Yes. I'm living in this country. I'm seeing this going on. I'm yeah. out there singing songs which say, "Naah, actually, we're very, we're very much in in tune with and enjoying our sexuality." Yeah, Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. And it's the reason that men like this have always been afraid is because. God forbid that you would have um, women who are basically the reasons we're all here. So that's the, the greatest yeah. power you can have in life. You are the creator. Uh, we know that. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it without men, obviously. So the, you have to have both. But ultimately, I think the insecurity factor, uh, and it's been going forever, as you say. Mm. You can see it in the Bible. You see it everywhere. It's yeah. basically... That it's a man-made thing, where rather than than glorying and enjoying women's prowess, yeah, and seeing them for these extraordinary creatures they are, who thank God are responsible for for you know our being.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, rather than doing that, the the insecurity of certain people, of certain men, means that they have to. Smash that down. Just like the person who might hate you or say, the hat, mate, the hat. That's exactly the same thing. Yeah. That's exactly the same mentality, which is undermine what you are threatened by. Now, why you would be threatened, God only knows, but maybe that's the point. You notice that all the people who are threatened by female strength um, and sexuality are the radical right-winger Uh, holy rollers. Yes. Um, and if you ask me personally, uh, these people have as much to do with with uh, Christianity as um, either of my Labradors. Yeah, true. So yeah, it's true. there is no yeah. there is no kindness, there is no Christian feeling towards others. All they care about, and this is what is truly sickening, all they care about is, is the rights of the unborn. Once you're born, they could give a fuck. No. And that's what happens. So well, you can see it by all the people who are out on the street around around me right now living mm. on the street. Yeah. Uh, the homeless, the uncared for, the un, the unloved, everybody that's in the hood, all the young black kids who are killing each other off constantly because that's all they have yep. is drugs and and guns. They don't give a crap about you when you're born. That's it then. Off the hands. Yep. So life is only important When it's it's inside a woman.
1: Like you say, it's it's that power, isn't it? Yeah.
2: That's the threat, is that somehow these men are so um, threatened that they have to have control even over the most powerful thing that a woman has. I mean, you know, physically.
1: But like you say, it's the ultimate To birth a
2: human being. It's the ultimate in... In creation, it is creation. Yeah. So I think that is ultimately where it all stems from. And it is a, the women that support, you know, the right wing um, Christian fundamentalist women that, that support uh, the subjugation of women and, and of their uh, sexual and physical rights, mm. I find the most egregious. Oh, God, yeah. Because the men, yeah. I understand where it's coming from. I hate it and it's wrong, but I, that I know where it's coming from. Women,
3: yeah, well, and, and this
2: yeah. is an, another uh thing that I think is sorely lacking, and that I I want I feel that I am a, a re- representative of because I, I I'm so sick and tired of women being each other's worst enemies mm. and not supporting each other. I think I think there's a there's a change, there's a shift in women wanting to support each other and wanting to be uh, uh you know. Uh, a, 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 a conjoined front and and to share in each other's victories and each other's uh, yeah. strengths and, and losses because we've been thrown crumbs for so long uh, as if there's only so much to go around and we're all fighting for it and competing for it and it's not the truth. No. It's just not the truth. And the other thing that I can't bear and it all comes, it's the same bloody thing is this you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown-up woman and I'm sending out the message that I'm in charge of my sexuality, it's mine,
3: Yeah,
2: I'm proud of it. And also, you don't get to disappear and become irrelevant and turn to dust and stop being sexy when you pass 40. Can we just yes. put that oh. one on the fucking shelf, please? Can yeah. we just get past this ridiculous myth because... Everything is about chipping away at women's sense of self and in their beauty, in their core strength. And I think all it is, is fear of the female strength and creativity. And men don't have to do that. Most men don't, because most men want, I believe, if you're brought up by a by a great mother, <laughs> it goes yeah. back to that again, <laughs> if you have the right role models. What we all want is a great partner, a great woman, a great man, a great everything in between. You just want somebody who is healthy in their mind, in their heart, in their spirit. And again, confidence and that quiet, beautiful strength is a, is a fabulous thing and, yeah. and that's, what we should be trying to attain, so I think that the, the centuries-old um, undermining of, of women is purely down to the threat, the threat of, of, of them being the creator you know yeah. them being quite simply mothers. Yeah. about that the it. ultimate, having the ultimate the ultimate say. Yeah. And so, god damn it, stop that before they <laughs> run away with it. Before, before, before yeah. they just lose, you know, before they get too too full of themselves or wear a hat. Exactly. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> it's true. It, I
1: have, there is nothing better than a strong, powerful, not powerful, you know what I mean, just confident woman that fucking puts you in your place when you need it. You need it. Everything I've learned has been from the women that have been in my life. Everyone like. With, with guys it's kind of like that guy's pissed me off, and then uh, your, your mates will go, smack him in the teeth, whereas a woman will go, hang on a minute let's hang on a minute let's be a, a, yeah. women have a more a subtle approach to things without being a blunt instrument and it, and that's why it, it, i just I've just learned so much from the women in my life, and there's nothing better think, than a strong and, powerful woman and you know, and that's and you know, and,
2: yeah. and it really is you know it's just like fathers have to be the best role models for their daughters, and their sons, of course they do. And that, it, <coughs> that's a shift in, in the mentality, as you say. It's like, you know, he upset me, hit him. It's not, that's not the only way. It's, please, no, don't make that the only way. Let's not all go feral, yeah. but a great mother, a great mother, a, a, a loving, strong mother is so important for men and women. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, they're both, it, it, you know, but it's, it's all, you know, your parents are going to be your future relationships with same and opposite sex, that's it. And everything in between, again, it's just like they are how you know. They are how you learn. Yeah, And we own, we're only as good as the tools we get you know, I never had kids because I never want, honestly, I didn't ever want to go through. <laughs> I didn't want to be that parent because I know that until now I couldn't have been any kind of a parent. All yeah. I would have done was, would have been continue the bloody cycle. Whereas I just wanted to be well myself. You know, yes. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a flawed parent. No. We're all flawed, but you know what sure I mean? No. Yeah. Seriously flawed. I, I didn't want to ever put that. I don't, want, I don't want what I saw with my mother. No. Happened to to a, a child of mine, and uh, and I have never ever regretted that, never. No. And uh, so I'm kind yeah. of exactly what the uh, Holy Roller right wingers hate. I'm sure I'm every I, I embody everything that they find threatening.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, I I kind of am, and I'm smart, and, and I'm outspoken, and uh, and I think my dad. Who was such a role model for me, both as a musician, but as as somebody who who showed me that you you know that that it was okay to have your your music, your art, be the love of your life. Yeah. And I ended up being with somebody with fabulous Harry, you know, yeah. Who whose whose art is the love of his life, and I'm not threatened by that. I. It's the right thing.
3: Yeah. You it should be the love of up. your life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But try doing that with most people where I think most people would be with someone who, who and be terribly threatened again.
3: Yeah.
2: Terribly threatened by being with somebody who they always knew this thing came first. Mm. It comes first. Yeah. And should always come first. But my father told me the smartest thing, and it relates to... Men and women, but, of course, as a woman, it meant the most. I mean, he brought my sister and I up like we were boys anyway because I wanted <laughs> to be a boy. I'm such a tomboy. So, you know, so that's the beginning of it all. But he said, um, lead with your talent and your intelligence, and if you've got looks, that's great too. Mm, wow. Wow. It's, but yeah. I think that's the point is lead with your talent your intelligence and if you're good looking that's just a plus yeah you know? but don't get that the wrong way around because you no. will come across unless you're a model and in that in which case who cares but you know what i mean it's yeah. just sort of like
3: yeah.
2: it's um it's a that was the 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 mantra in my in my home and i think that stuck with me i believe because it's, it's yeah. sort of uh it's It's an important thing and 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 I think anybody can relate to that in any field that they're in in this world because we're all we all have talents yes. in various ways, but it's sort of that's also the 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 key to confidence, I think as well. but yeah. um you know, again, we're only as good as the tools that we've got at that one at, at that time. We all make huge mistakes, oh, I God, think yeah.
3: yeah yeah
2: i think I think growing up is' the, is is the key to appreciating appreciating and understanding yeah. so much
1: and having that so in, much. having that instilled in you as a, at a young age by your dad obviously played a part in what pushed you on to keep going through all the dark day, the dark times oh God and between yeah. you where you are now it's incredible yes,
2: and um i i I now and I'm sure you do the same thing, I can now look at my parents and and see them as young people with their own mm-hmm. insecurities and lack of confidence and self-loathing yeah. and struggles and worries, and obviously my, my mother's illness in addition to, but I look at them now with such empathy and compassion because it's like, God, they, had, they didn't have anything to go on. No. They didn't have anything.
1: That's they had the no,
2: they had no reserves and they didn't have anything from their parents. Just get on with it. Yeah, I mean, that's what they had was like, life's tough. Yeah. People die down the mines and in the steelworks. Get the fuck on with it. This is it. And that was, you know, that's really uh, that's, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I can only really like, just be grateful for, for what came from, I, I bear nothing except absolute appreciations. I mean, sadness for my mother, but still appreciation, still. And um, especially looking at myself in the music videos that go, go with this when I'm, you know, I'm dancing the whole way through and it's just part of this persona that I have, the Lady J persona, as I've been christened by my band. But when you see me in these videos, it's my mother. Really? I, I, I was dumbstruck when I saw the first video to Blossoms Blues. Yeah. And I realized I was looking at
1: my mother, yeah. Wow. Well, Even a...
2: this lipstick is my mother. Because
1: so that's,
2: that's how I remember her.
1: That is so beautiful, and a really lovely way to finish. I, I don't want to oh. finish, I want to chat to you through. you're fantastic. <laughs> and to be I'll, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> Because so I always have you know you do when you're interviewing people and you know I was aware of your work but I didn't really know you know so you're having a look and I was there I was intimidated I was nervous I was like oh, this could go either way she could even think I'm a fucking idiot and go oh what am I wasting my time for and then but well, you just you just went right. Here we go. And you just went bang. And I have had the best time in your company.
2: Oh, Rich. Thank you so I, I don't much. think any, listen, you'd know if I thought was a fucking idiot. Believe me. <laughs> you are so, that's the other thing is I can't lie. You can sort of see it in my face, but I still work with it. You are so <laughs> like not, you're a delight. Yes. And anytime you want to invite me back, I could, I, I'm enjoying myself so much. I'm so glad I woke up at the crack of spit <sighs> this morning to talk to you. You are pleasure. I hope you come and see a show in London. I, will be, I hope I you would will. I be
1: honoured and delighted to it's do coming that. coming
2: up. Please come down. I would Please love to. Please come down.
1: Your music is excellent. I particularly, I really liked, uh, yeah, because I'm making, I'm making uh, my man's an undertaker, where it's like, <laughs> even that, it's like, yeah, we're going to have some fun, but don't fucking tell him. Because <laughs> it'll kill you. Just... <laughs>
2: I, what, a, what a, an incredible thing it's like you, you know what you cross me again or come back and bother me I'm, I'm dating like an undertaker yeah, he's going to yeah, take yeah. you out I mean yeah. it's just like balls <laughs> on balls you're going to love Dinah Washington the woman was like i got to finish with a story that do, you're going to absolutely do. bloody love Dinah Washington doing the Royal Variety performance in front of Queen Elizabeth Okay, yeah. years ago and Paul was dead at 39 Wow. Um, from diet pills. Can you believe that? Oh my God. Talk about the lives that are you know, off stage terrible, yeah, on stage yeah, yeah. amazing. But all these women led with joy, even though their lives were terrible. Their real lives were so awful. So she's there, Royal Variety Performance, and she was the self anointed queen of uh, jazz and blues. That's what she called herself. She points up to Elizabeth and she says to Elizabeth, mm. There is only one heaven, there is only one God. And there own is only one queen, and your Elizabeth (laughs) is an imposter. (laughs) Oh my God! <laughs> and, and the, the Queen, Queen obviously yeah, went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the Queen's and own party. And everybody was like nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coughing, dying oh. inside because it that yeah because we, we're talking uh, London in the fifties. Yeah. There must have been like turnips past. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so I, just it, it's it's just fantastic to hear that story. The balls of her. Yeah. Um, but you gotta love that. So oh yeah, God. I know. But yeah, so. God knows. So listen, if you're yeah, if you're I in are you, you're in London though, aren't you?
1: I am in London. Yes. All right. So to, yeah, Monday the twenty fourth of July. You've got to come down. I'd love to at the Jazz Cafe. Yes, I'd love yeah. to. Yeah, I'm going to come down. Come down That'd because be
2: you can't believe the band as well. Really? I mean, I'm a ston- I'm stonking killing kill a woman, but listen, the band. <laughs> I mean, they're all from New Orleans. This is not oh, something you would what? see anywhere else. There is a certain Sound you know that's that gritty, greasy sexuality that yeah. comes from New Orleans, and it's again, if you close your eyes, you know these guys are smiling when they're playing, and you oh. can't say that about a lot a lot of jazz no no, no and uh so I think uh, i I think you just you'll get such a yeah you get such a kick out of this, and also of again it's sort of uh, very, it's very liberating the whole thing is they're very liberating yeah
1: i'm going to be there Truly. I'm going to I'm be there, I would love that. It would be amazing to see you in, in action. Honestly, oh, I could talk to you all day. You're welcome back Any, on anytime, anytime you want, because yeah.
2: you are a joy. And thank you for being Likewise. so um, um, indulgent with me and letting me ramble on. Truly, it's been a joy.
1: This is the thing about this podcast. It's not about me. It's about the guests. And <sighs> there we are. You've been, honestly, I am going to be smiling for weeks. It's, it's been oh, fantastic. Thank
2: you, sweetheart. Thank thank you I can't so wait much. to meet you. I yes, will see you in July.
1: That will be lovely. Thank you so much for Thanks, your Thanks, my love.
2: Uh, speak you. soon.
1: Take care, my love. Yeah. So this she has is. been insane in the membrane. It's been Rich Wilson. This has been the wonderful Judy Throwing. We'll see you next time. Insane in the membrane.
4: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by
3: darkhorsedigital.co.uk shooting live streaming and podcast production.